Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Your hosts are Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin. Our show is here to help breast cancer patients, survivors, their friends and family with the resources, support, and inspiration they can use right now. Here are your hosts, Sharon and Becky. Welcome to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. My name is Becky Olson. I'm a five-time survivor of advanced stage breast cancer. I'm also a motivational speaker, a speaker mentor, and the published author of The Hat That Saved My Life, which is now available on Audible. Um, I'm also the co-founder of Breast Friends along with Sharon, but she's not here today. She's on vacation. Uh, And so because she's not here, I got to kind of do whatever I want to (laughs) do. So we're going to do something a little bit daring. Now, normally, I create this really detailed outline for our guests, partly, so that we know what to ask them and they know what's coming their way so we don't kind of catch them off guard. But today, (laughs) our guest doesn't need an outline. In fact, the last time she was on our show, I learned that trying to contain her is like trying to contain a river, spoonful by spoonful. (laughs) There's just no way to to contain this woman. She is so energizing, so mesmerizing, and so creative that she doesn't need an outline Oh, well, let's let's hope that's true, right? <laughs> anyway, we just need to let her loose and we'll have some fun with her. But before I introduce her, I have a special guest in the studio with me today. He's sitting right next to me. A lot of you hear about my husband, Bill. I tell a lot of stories about him. And today he is here with me. And so I'd like you to all welcome Bill Olson, a.k.a. Cowboy Bill, and Aunt Lena, keep your hands off of him, okay? <laughs> so thanks for joining me, Bill. It's really, really cool to have you here as my co-host today. Hi. <laughs> Maybe we do need an outline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the reason he came on the show with me today is because he really wants to talk to Aunt Lena. Yeah, so we we will get to that. So we I just invite you to enjoy this ride today and welcome Anne Louise Sterry a.k.a. Aunt Lena. Welcome back to our show. Thanks for joining us today. It's great to be here. And Aunt Lena wants to meet you too, Bill. <laughs> well, come Sorry, Bill's looking forward to it, ma'am. <laughs> All right, so I'll. <laughs> so the last time you were on our show it was on March 6th, 2019. 2019, that would be just a few months ago. Um, But we, you know, we're not going to repeat everything you talked about on that show because we really would love our listeners to go back and just find that episode and replay it because there was a lot of really cool stuff. We talked about Audacious Joy, you sang, you made me laugh so hard. I, I think I recall peeing my pants, you know, and I had nothing to do with my old age. I'm just sure. <laughs> Even our engineer, Aaron, um, who's this 27-year-old wonderful man down in Phoenix, he asked if we could please not end the show. He liked it that much. So we we knew we were on to something. And when I invited you to come back on our show, it was very, very exciting to have you have you do that. So, so Miss Anne Louise Sterry, would you take a minute? I mean, I we do need to repeat this part. Tell us briefly about how you were born, Anne Louise. And when did Aunt Lena join you? Well, Becky and Bill, I was born in New Jer- in northern New Jersey, the daughter, first daughter of an Italian. Well, we're an American family, but I thought I was Italian before I knew I was American because my father's family 
is from Genoa and my mother's family from Naples. And so we had this big Italian family and it was all about Italian food and all about being Italian, really. And that's what I thought. But we were American, as it turned out, and we are, um, I can't remember, second or third generation. My mother's family was very, very, from Naples, very vivacious and loud and <laughs> jangly with jewelry. That. And I want to say, yeah, you know, and kind of, uh, it's very different than Northern Italian. Northern Italian is more, not like the Italians you see on TV. And I was very attracted to my mother's family because of the jewelry, really, and the glasses and the great aunts. And But my father used to say, <clears throat> I hate to say this, Daddy, who's, Daddy has now passed away, but Dad, he used to say to us, don't be like your great aunts, because they were loud and ru- rude, really, truth be known. Anyway, so he used to always say that to us girls, don't be like your great aunts. So when I was sort of doing my performing work, and I must have been somewhere in my 40s, so this was been a while ago, I thought to myself, there's, I was performing with kids only at that time, but there's something missing. And in working with a lady about creativity and my own creativity, I came to realize that it was, oh, my father said, don't be like your great aunts. And so I was suppressing this part of me. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll be like them in my show. <laughs> and then, this is the absolute truth, I was driving down the road and I thought, oh, I won't just be like them, I'll be them. <laughs> and so I went to the thrift shop and I found this astonishing house dress that Aunt Lena wears all the time with the fruit on it. And that, and then Aunt Lena came into being and she just took off and she found all her clothes and she started performing with me with grownups and became so popular that people always want me to bring her as well as me to places. So that's what it was all about. It was like finding that creative spark and suddenly that insight came to me, oh, be her. So, so is she with you today? Oh, doll, I'm always <laughs> with Anne Louise unless she locks me up in the suitcase, which she sometimes does. <laughs> because her husband, Bob, who's downstairs listening to this, is afraid she's go- I'm going to be her forever and I'll never let Anne Louise come back. So, But I'm always here. You just call me doll, I'm there. There's a song about that. <laughs> call me, I'm there. When I'm sure there's a song about that. Anyway, nice to meet you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are very excited to have you back. And, you know, when I asked you what we could talk about today that was different than what we talked about before, you really struck a chord with me because um, I think that this is super important. You wanted to talk about creativity and joy. And tell me what that means to you. So this is Anne Louise speaking. That, what that means is in in a big way, finding those pieces inside of us that we're passionate about and just little tiny things. And I'm not talking, you know, somebody becoming a performer or finding their Aunt Lena or just little things like, what are you passionate about? What makes you happy? Because when we were little kids, that's what we were about. And we lose that when we grow up. And it's about finding that. And that brings you so much joy. And we'll talk later in the show, I think. But The research is so clear about what we intuitively know is that when we do that, we feel better. And when we feel better, everybody around us feels better. And I'm not talking about not having um, bad things happen to us or not having cancer, for instance. I'm just talking about whatever is going on in our lives, when you find those pieces and you put them in your life in little tiny ways, it makes you feel better. 
And that's what it's about. So what are some of the ways that you've put some of those creative pieces into your life? Well, the way I st- the way I kind of started on this journey really was when I was about thirty nine, and uh, we had we have three children, and they were little then. And I was thinking to myself, "What the heck? This is true. What the heck was I doing when I had these three kids and got married? Like, is this what I wanted? It must have been because I was turning forty. Is this what I wanted with my life? And I was a nurse, and the answer came back a resounding, "No, this is not what." I <laughs> <laughs> and I was at the doctor's office with the kids. And I read this article that said, most people don't do what they're passionate about. Mm. And if you want to remember what you're passionate about, think about what you wanted to be when you were a little kid. Uh And I wanted to be a musical theater because my parents, we lived right near New York City, and they took us to every musical they could. And I wanted to do that. And, of course, in a family of five kids with, you know, averagely low income and all that, there was no way my parents were going to indulge me, quote, I use that word in quotes, in that. But this article said, well, put a little piece of it back. You don't have to leave your job or your family, but put little pieces. So music was my thing. So I started, I directed the church children's choir, not that I knew anything about that. And, but I just had the kids singing. And then I, because I always played guitar and I played piano and and then I, um, somebody hired me to do music at some, you know, like the, at the, um, the, the rec summer camp. And I got $25 for the week. And I was pretty jazzed about that. Wow. <laughs> and my kids came for free. So it started from there, like putting that piece back into my life in an intentional way. So yeah. whatever it is for you, I mean, it, it could be. You know, you can't be a prima ballerina, but you can certainly go to the ballet. ballet how, did, how did you know? That's what I wanted to be when I was a little girl, was a prima ballerina. Oh! <laughs> but I figured you probably had to be really good at ballet to have that happen. So, Joel, Joel, I just know things. I mean, you just have to know this about me. <laughs> I know. Of course you wanted to. Of course, I, I t- Anne Louise took ballet when she was five, and she can still sing you the song she did at her one recital in her little pink Tutu, which my, her brother called Fawfaw, which is why she never <laughs> But you, Becky, you could start taking dancing lessons or something like that. You could even take it. You could probably learn online and start pirouetting around for Bill the Cowboy. I think I he would love it. <laughs> One of the many things I, I'm attracted to about Becky is she is an outstanding dancer. She used to instruct dance. So it, oh. the trouble is I'm the cowboy with two left feet. And oh. so she's stuck sometimes dancing with me. Oh. And I get some of the steps down, but her great talent is that she can dance around me. Oh. She has to to survive. Oh, I want to see I, I want think to she see makes this. it look good dancing around me because those feet are, I I often if I dance with someone else, mm. I warn them. That's appropriate. And then I count how many seconds into the dance it is before I step on their toes. <laughs> And usually we never finish a dance, but <laughs> Becky will come back in and save me from the humiliation of a woman walking off the, off the dance floor and leaving me standing there looking for some other victim. And then, then she'll come in and rescue well, me. Well, here's the thing. Does it bring you joy just to take those few steps? Do you Until feel I happy? step on them and then yes, they scream and then people right. look over at our direction. <laughs> All right. Well, just forget about that part. Just oh, yeah. Sorry, Up till then, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, but with because, Becky, she's yeah. just skillful. She's very nimble and, and able to Aww. avoid my, my big nimble. feet. 
Oh, well, I want to, I as Aunt Lena want to come and take lessons from Becky. And I think Anne Louise probably would too, because she loves to dance. Oh, she thinks you got she- to get along great on the dance floor. Yeah. Who did you want to be when you were a little boy? A cowboy. <laughs> Isn't that odd? I got pictures of me on on horses with six guns and cowboy hats and cowboy shirts. And I've suppressed that for many years because, of course, cowboys, that, that just wasn't the thing to be until, right. until um, I got into music and found out I only knew two chords on a guitar. So I had to do cowboy music. I mean, there's no alternative. And well, then, uh, go ahead. Well, that worked out pretty good for me because I could do two-thirds of every cowboy song I ever heard. <laughs> well, doll, here's the thing. Okay, so you are, you are doing just what Anne Louise and I are talking about. You, you remembered what you wanted to be, and you put it in your life in the way that you could. Now, the two chords, you know, Anne Louise might be able to show you a third because that would sort of expand your repertoire. I'm not saying you have to. I'll work it, on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my feet. It, it, yeah. There's a limit. Yeah, yeah, I know you can only do that if you have all six strings on your guitar, well, though, right? I'm aspiring to that, too. I've, I've got a lot of things ahead of me in life that I have Bill, yet to achieve. Bill, I want, Bill, I want to know, why. how many strings do you have? On which guitar? <laughs> we used to have about 14 guitars. Yeah, we um, just downsized, so he had to part with many of them. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was one of the joys, too. Music is, Becky used to say, why do you need another guitar? Because they all sound different, and... Once you buy a new guitar, they usually come tuned. Right. And then you got to get a new oh. one after a while. You know. yes, it's kind of like oh, if you oh. get tired of your ringtone on your phone, you just get a new phone. <laughs> oh, I, I totally am with you. This is Anne Louise Bill. I'm totally with you about that. But 14, well, I, you know, here's a thing I just would like to point out. Men seem to like to collect guitars more than women in my musical world. Men are the ones who collect. And I there's something about that. I don't know what that is. Must have to do with the brain. I'll I'll investigate that. But I only have three guitars, and I mostly only play one. The other ones are the ones I had when I was younger. Well, I have a favorite guitar. Yeah, yeah. That's my ovation that Becky bought me early in our marriage, and it's a very beautiful guitar. Yeah. It plays beautifully. It's made in America. I like that. And um, I'm supposing if Cowboy Bill's been out and performed over 300 times, over 200 of those times were with the ovation. Yay. And how yeah. many strings? How many strings? It's got six. <laughs> oh, nice. So I bring it out on special occasions when people might nice. want to hear a tuned guitar play full nice. chords. <laughs> oh, doll, we're going to have such a good time together because I play the ukulele and, Lena, and also the accordion. I mean, it could yeah, be. Yeah, that would be great. Oh, we my have a God. concertina. We do, but I we don't know. I can't we- we don't know what to do with it. Well, we do know what to do with it, but one of the uh, keys is stuck down. So no matter what you play, you're going to hear, <laughs> And I will just tell you that it's very hard to play. If, yeah, yeah, that is very, because it changes, which in and out changes what note it is. Very confusing, I just would like to say. I don't know how the Italians do that, my other family members, but I can't. I got a uh, accordion that I could bring and astound you. A lot of the keys at one end are broken, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to ask some questions. I know um, mm-hmm. you got started, you said, for $25. And I guess got to ask you, because that's, that's a lot of money in the cowboy world. But um, <laughs> was that what inspired you to go on? Was I can make money at this? Or was there something else about your audacious joy that, that was lit up at that moment that you said, I'm going to go down this path? You know what? Actually, Bill, I, it wasn't the money at all. It was the 
and I didn't even sort of have that word audacious joy in my head at that time. It was just the pure fun and how much I loved doing it. And then I started performing at preschool. That's where I started. And then I started performing at preschools. And I was just singing like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and Baba blah, blah, Black Sheep. But yeah. it was the compellingness of the music for children and how they responded to it. And, and really, it's always all about me, how I felt. It made me happy. And I was still nursing and doing all these things. And I had to make a decision to stop the nursing and continue on with the music because that is just what made me so happy. And that's really why. Not because I had some grand plan or even the things that have happened since then, like performing at preschools, then moving into elementary schools and then moving into older kids and then performing for adults and then Aunt Lena coming and then speaking and then that all and then the cookbook and then the CDs, all of that just came. It just came. Mm-hmm. And none of it was. I, I mean, I should like to say that while well, I plan this out, but no, none of it was planned. Well, what I love about your first conversation with Becky that I listened to um, when you were on the radio together is that that joy that you've been spreading has touched, you'd have to say, thousands of lives. Yes. And and what's nice about Aunt Lena is she's memorable. <laughs> I, I, yes. Bill yes, Olson... This is funny. I, I work professionally and I go to seminars and I'll, I'll go back and forth to different cities and do these seminars. And if I get 30 to 50 people there, I'm pretty happy. Cowboy Bill can go get 30, 50, 100 people and they remember him. Yeah. And then the people Except that I do seminars with, they say, where's Cowboy Bill? I don't mm-hmm. recognize where's you. Cowboy Bob? Oh, yeah. Or Cowboy Bob. <laughs> That's when I really make an impression. They give me another name. Yeah, please, please welcome Bill. This Olson. is Bill Olson, Cowboy, Cowboy Bob. Bob. That's happened many times. But well, my favorite, my favorite uh, audience, because I do work with folks that are generally above seventy, and many people in their nineties. And I have a person who's a hundred years old. I'm going to go visit. That um, I'm just going to sing cowboy songs to her. Mm. And the thing is that I love about it is that the songs I sing were songs, well, the classic American cowboy songs, Home on the Range, mm-hmm. Down in the Valley, Red River Valley. And 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 people, especially in their 70s, 80s, and 90s, they know every word of those songs and the verses. And so it's fun to hear them sing, especially at the memory care units. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. beautiful thing. Now, because there's a different part of the brain that stores your memory for mathematics and music. And so while they may not have conversational skills or even memories about some of the people they know, when the song comes up, they come alive again mm-hmm. and they start singing and they have joy in their face because that song is attached foot. to that part yeah. of their yes. life yeah. that has joy. Yeah. I love yes. that. Plus, they invite me back at those places. <laughs> Sometimes I forgot he was there. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah, but that's good. I can sing the same songs all over again. Go, oh, this guy's good. Let's have, let's have him back. And we're not making fun of anyone with, no. with uh, memory no. issues because we can't because we have them because too. Because <laughs> we have memory issues. Yeah. So listen, we're going to go out to break. So okay. stay tuned. We'll be back in a minute. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. 
Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel for Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. Visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to our program. We've been talking with Bill Olson and Anne Louise Sterry about creativity and joy. And just before the break, we kind of touched on the issue of memory care. And before we kind of move beyond that, there are a few more things we wanted to say about that. But I wanted to let you guys know, too, you know, my father is kind of going down that road a little bit right now. And when I see him, sometimes he'll he'll talk about his wedding when he and his wife got married and he just lights up. You know, so you just never know what it is that's going to trigger that that beautiful moment when everything is kind of they're they're there for a minute. And um, so, Anne Louise, I know you've had more experience with that. Why don't you talk about that just a little bit? So my dad actually had Alzheimer's, and when he was, and my dad is the one that sang with us all the time and sang. He used to sing barbershop when he was a young man. He loved to sing, and he's the one that he started playing the ukulele in his forties. You guys, in his forties. He picked up a ukulele and learned to play, finding joy in doing that music. And he never had any experience uh, playing instruments. But anyway, when he was deep into his Alzheimer's, I would go back to the East Coast as much as I could and bring my guitar. And when I would get my guitar out and start playing all those old songs, like Bill mentioned cowboy songs. And I'm talking not necessarily cowboy songs, but just old songs of the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. His, he would just come back. And mm-hmm. there he was. And it was so, it gave us this connection that was astonishing because he could come back there. And one mm-hmm. time when he was in the nursing home, and I, and I do sing also for um, memory cares and assisted livings. In fact, I just did one of those back in the East Coast and everybody was singing along, like Bill said. But one time <laughs> he was in a, in a memory care place and they asked me to do would I sing for all the people so we went down the hall to sing and some fellow wanted to start singing and my father leaned over and suddenly he was present and he said this is our gig why is that I love that that's fabulous (laughs) oh my gosh 
but you know, it's just it, that creativity, those places connect with you and, and, and anything you do. I mean, do you guys remember, I don't know, you might not, but you know, one of the things I desired most in elementary school was to have a box of 64 Crayola crayons. Oh yeah, I remember those. Wow, you guys were rich. <laughs> right, because I want, now I was Catholic school and we had to color inside the lines, which was a bit uh-huh. disappointing for me. I, I had a hard time at that but 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 i never got that box till i could buy it for myself because we used to get the box of eight that's what my parents bought us but anyway that those little pieces like don't you like don't you love to like scribble on paper or or take a paintbrush and this is what i really want to do i want to put a big piece of paper on the wall and i want to take um paint and i just want to like slap it on there (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that brings me to my uh, my question for you, and that is, how do we let our creative juices flow? And it sounds like it all starts with a box of crayons. <laughs> I don't you know. know. You guys have touched on this. Aunt Lena, maybe you could comment on this. I like that you said you go to that childhood part of your personality, and you rediscover something in your childhood that gave you joy, and you let it flow forward into your adulthood and see where it goes. And it sounds like you've done that. Doll, I have encouraged Anne Louise to do this at every opportunity because she sometimes forgets because grown-ups who are not enlightened like myself forget that being like a kid is what brings you so much fun. You know, they say kids laugh like 200 times a day and adults 20. So it's all about finding that child part of you and then letting it have a space because we think in our society we got to be so like serious and we got to do our jobs and we we don't have time and it's just a little hobby and I don't deserve to have time for a little hobby blah 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 but the truth is if you give yourself that little time just to play with the stuff you like maybe you like gardening maybe you like cooking new things maybe you like scribbling with crayons maybe you like singing at the top of your lungs whatever Maybe you like, you know, whatever, if you give yourself a little time, it, you know, it, it makes you so happy. And we knew this, we old people, we knew this, but you know, in our society now, we, people forget that, but they doing the brain research to tell you why. And now people are like, oh, I got to do this because the brain research says it makes me happy. But it's just like being a little kid and playing again. Did you guys used to like do shows when you were little? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Mine usually involved a a hairbrush pretending for it to be a microphone, and then I would dance around and pretend like I was that prima ballerina I wanted to be, but I was a singing ballerina. And and, you know, Anne Anne Louise did them, and her her sisters and brothers in the neighborhood kids, they used to do them for the parents in charge of Penny. You know, they would do a circ. They had circus shows, and they had like musical variety shows, (laughs) and they had all all kinds of things. And and here's an idea for you guys, okay. Um, because Anne Louise and Bob live, Anne Louise lives far from her family in New Jersey, and Bob lives far from his family in England. But the New Jersey people, my Anne Louise, it's family, my family. We used to do what we called acts when we were grown ups. And we would get together and do stupid things like imitate flies and, um, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, imitate uh, eggs cracking and or any and any kind That's of silly, right? Okay, very yeah, very creative. And Bill, you probably and, and I heard you have a banana character. We'll talk about that in a minute. But there, I can't even imagine what that is. But it would fit right in. So. Anne Louise and Bob do this thing after Christmas in England. It's called Boxing Day today. After people have off 
sometimes they do it the weekend after Christmas. They invite all their friends and everybody you can come to. And we have a Boxing Day party where everybody gets to stand up and do stupid things if they want. Do the silliest things they want to do. Sing a song. Tell a joke. Imitate bacon frying. Read I mean, anything. <laughs> and pe- Yeah, see? See? And people <laughs> love it. And guess why they love it? And, some, and people are asking us in September. They're asking Aunt Louise, Bob, and me, are you going to have the party? And they're getting ready. They're trying to decide what to do because it's about being a kid and being silly and having the opportunity. And people love doing that. In fact, I'm going to create a stage show where we just do that. We just invite the audience up to do stupid things because people are so happy. See what I mean? Just a little tiny thing like that. Sorry, I'll stop talking now. No, I think it's great. So listen, I I want Bill to talk about Banana Man. Well, this is kind of funny. Uh, Our son, Micah, who's right now fighting uh, wildfires in northeastern Oregon, he's with the U.S. Forest Service Wildlands Firefighters. And so he's he's a really creative kid. I mean, he's a genius when it comes to marketing, but there he is firefighting in the wilderness. And um, our grandson, Mikhail, and I were sitting around, and we're saying, you know, we need it. Like the world needs another superhero. But... Mikhail and, and Micah were saying, yeah, we need a superhero, but he has to have zero superpowers. <laughs> well, that's a challenge. So if he has zero superpowers, then how does he deal with the evildoers? You know, I would ask that question. Go, well, mm-hmm. um, and, and for somehow we tripped on this idea of banana man. He First, he eats the fresh banana, mm-hmm. puts the peel into his hand, mm-hmm. and then he throws it. And if they slip mm. and fall, everything's going to work out just fine. <laughs> but if they don't slip and fall, it's going to be a long, long night. <laughs> and so that became a song, and then uh, it became a story. Do you mind singing mm-hmm. the song? Oh, yeah. This, this is a song composed by three people, like a so, five-year-old. Of course. So, Aaron, let, us, let me know if, if the sound doesn't come through, but I'm going to have Bill sing this song for us. There is a superhero whose superpowers are zero. He just does what he can with a banana in his hand. When he sees an evildoer, his hope is just to lure the foot of his fold to slip and do the famous banana man flip. Whoopah! Banana man. And monkey boy. Banana man. And monkey boy. First he eats the fresh banana, puts the peel into his hand. Banana man. And monkey boy. Banana man. And monkey boy. It's the only way he knows to fight. If they slip and fall, it works out right. If he misses, it'll be a long, long night. Our our dog is singing too. (laughs) Hey, what about monkey boy? You're leaving out monkey boy. Knock it off. Hey, he's a hero too, you know. That's, That's crazy in the background. <laughs> he joined in. Anyway, Banana Man, um, I, I came oh, up I with I want to hear what she thought of that song. Oh, Hold okay. on. What'd you, what did oh. you think of that, Aunt Lena? Oh. Oh. Well, this is Aunt Louise speaking. First of all, I would love to sing that to kids at my shows when I do school shows. That's a brilliant song. I absolutely love it. And the way you do it, of course, is very special, too. And uh, so, he, so dolls, here's Aunt Lena saying, oh, sweetie pie. Banana man. I mean, what else could a girl want? I think. <laughs> hey, he's loaded with yeah. potassium. Everybody yeah, that's it. what I, and, and then and when you're loaded with potassium, you've got a little bit of bing, a bit of bang, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Always a good thing. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I Becky knows I'm looking for another husband and a bit of bing, a bit of bang is part of it. You know what I mean? Hey, so, hey, yeah. hands off, monkey boy and banana man and cowboy <laughs> Oh, uh, that's funny. Anyway, so, anyway, what the, did you do with that? Let's talk well, the, about the, that. Well, the thing was, Becky did it. Um, 
I, oh, yeah, I get credit now. The, okay. These guys come up with Banana Man. I came up with mm-hmm. a caricature, and I would draw in my spare time with anything that was mm-hmm. laying on the table, including crayons at the restaurant, a little picture of Banana Man with this. I thought I was being wistful and adding wise phrases and uh, teaching mm-hmm. uh, things to the, the, the children, the grandchildren, mm-hmm. through these Banana Man drawings I was doing. Well, I didn't realize it's back in Boston where Becky was... Um, conspiring with my daughter they were saving all these little drawings i was putting on table napkins and on serve uh, serving uh placemats and so forth and they mm-hmm. turned it into a, a hard copy book of which there are 12 copies in the world today and <laughs> i think well, we worth two. thousands of dollars we have two. <laughs> and, and uh, but into that book went all these interesting stories that mikhail say you know Banana Man needs to meet Bigfoot. So there's a story about Banana Man meeting Bigfoot. Yes. And uh, and off we go on these different tracks. And the book's kind of entertaining. I yeah. Think. But I tried to slip into it some interesting little, um, I would say, pieces of wisdom that I would hope my grandchildren would latch on to subconsciously, if not overtly. So it's, it's pretty like cool. Values. Values. So I gave them. I gave actually the books to Bill as an anniversary present. He had no idea that we'd taken those oh. those drawings, and I submit. We submitted them. Sharon actually helped me upload it all to a, a publishing program, and we had the books created. And I had a box of I think twelve of them shipped to us, and um, and it's just called Bana- the Adventures of Banana Man and Monkey Boy, and um, and it's just it's just kind of fun. So we gave one to each of the kids, each of the grandkids. We have a couple extras here, but um, it's, you know, it just was a fun little project and it was very creative. And but, yes. And, right. I, and I think it brought a lot of joy, not only to Bill as he was doing it, but, um, you know, to the kids as they're reading it and all these. The pictures are pretty good, except for when it gets to the hands. He has oh, a- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I looked at my, I'm right handed, I looked at my left hand to draw a hand. And Banana Man's right hand is a left hand. Uh, uh, that's a problem. Well, <laughs> it's a very good right hand on his left hand. So uh, that's the way that worked. Well, out. So you it, see, it, so you see, this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like you just are, were doing this for fun with your kids, your grandkids. You you had no um, ulterior motive. You weren't trying to make a book and sell a bit, make a billion dollars. You were just doing this wonderfully fun thing, this wonderfully fun creative thing that brought everybody so much joy. So that's what it's about. I mean, when I was just singing preschools, I'd be sitting on the floor with those three-year-olds and I would be making up the same kind of stuff, just like making up stuff and the kids loved it. And that's creativity. That's opening yourself up to being able to speak those things and do those things without saying, well, I can't be doing this because I'm a whatever you are, Bill, and I do this and I really can't be uh, wasting my time with this. You just did, you just did a perfect example, showed me a perfect example of creativity and why it brings so much joy. So yay. And I want a copy of the book, of course. And doll, <laughs> doll, Aunt Lena, I want, <laughs> I want a signed copy. <laughs> well, I've got to add this that I think that book, for example, was a wonderful opportunity for our family to practice forgiveness because there were several drawings that you would just go, oh, Lord, is that me? And, <laughs> like and, our granddaughters yeah, who are and, very, very beautiful girls. Yeah, they look like I, demons. I tried to, they looked like something from The Exorcist. Yeah. And they're beautiful girls. And I'm sure when they see that, if they show it to their friends, they go, 
oh my God, does he really see you that way? And uh, <laughs> no, but that's my best effort. And they go, well, we forgive you. We forgive you, Grandpa. Yes. See, because it's not a, it's not about being perfect. It's no. not about being the best at. It's not about uh, being an expert. It's just about the doing. It's yeah. just what you just what you did. It's just about the doing. And I think people get hung up on thinking, um, uh, like, oh, well, well, I can't really do this very well, so I sh- I ought not to do it, or I'm never going to learn to. Uh, play the ukulele at my age, but you know you're going to get older anyway, whether you learn or not. You gotta, it, you might as well learn if you if it m- makes you happy. But we get caught up in that, and it's not about that. It's not about perfection. It's about the joy you get from doing that. I mean, I just love that story. It's brilliant. Well, so oh, I was going to say but, maybe we have this in common because Becky does this beautifully with her audiences when she goes out to large groups yeah. and speaks. She gets them personally involved, and it reminds me real quickly. I was working in a hospice care for Ecumenical Ministries of Oregon, Hopewell House in Portland, and mm-hmm. and a professional jazz singer and teacher who had moved from New York to Portland um, and was way down the road in her cancer, uh, her her demise really. Mm-hmm. She was sitting in the audience one night when Dan Ballmer and his trio were playing music, and they recognized her. And, and they knew that she had been a tremendous performer in Portland, too. And she got up out of that wheelchair and came up to the microphone and sang a song with Dan Ballmer and his, his musicians. And one of the things she said that I'll never forget, she says, the difference between performance and singing a song is connection with the audience. Mm-hmm. And so... How she did it, she found the air and the words were perfect and the vocals were perfect. She was staring deeply into the eyes of the audience and connecting to them. Mm-hmm. Now, I think whether the song's sophisticated, jazz is more sophisticated than cowboy music, in my opinion, but <laughs> or the words are just uh, deep and melodious, it's fun to see people's hearts and minds and eyes connect with that song. And that's what happens, I think, through music. It happens through humor, Becky's is humor. And it certainly happens with emotional uh, messages that you sometimes connect with people. And that's, I think, what creativity brings out in us, is a chance to express something of value that connects with other people. And that's what I love about um, what I've done on a shallow scale. Becky's done it more professionally. And you <laughs> well, too. My very well, first I, speaking event, I got paid $25 too, just like Aunt Lena. <laughs> so, <laughs> Whoa. That was well, my first big one, you know, was awesome. And and, and actually, Bill, I, I beg to differ with you that what you're doing is, or what you're talking about is not just as important as that. And it is about that connection. And I know we're coming up for a break. After the break, I want to talk about that. And Aunt Lena wants to talk about that in, in connection with a recent experience with kazoos. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you to bring us back to that. Did okay. she say wazoo? No. Well, maybe. <laughs> I think I want to hear Can about wazoo. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a break. And the one thing we didn't quite get to and I'm hoping that this next part will cover that and that is what is the link between happiness and creativity and we kind of started to go there so let's pick that up on the other side and we're going to hear all about wazoo or kazoo I think kazoo kazoo? (laughs) I think it was kazoo yeah Michigan yeah but wazoos are good too so anyway stay tuned we'll be back in a minute (laughs) 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thank you for listening today. Breast Friends needs your support. We rely on donations to keep our doors open and to keep this radio program alive. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation to Breast Friends. You can visit us at breastfriends.org. You can also like us on Facebook at Breast Friends of Oregon. Be sure to tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. For Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio, visit breastfriends.org and contribute today. When was the last time you felt free? It's time to uncover that feeling again with the compassion of a cross and shield and the power of a card that opens doors to the best hospitals and medical centers in all 50 states. Giving you the freedom to love, to dream, to dance like no one is watching. Regions Blue Cross Blue Shield. Live fearless. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. To reach the program today, please call us at 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to becky at breastfriends.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the program. We've been talking with Bill Olson and Ann Louise Sterry, a.k.a. Aunt Lena, about creativity and joy. And I know one of the things that we kind of were talking about just briefly as we got to toward the end of the segment, you were talking about the joy is in the doing, and um, which is kind of what Bill demonstrated with, the, with his banana man. I mean, he just started drawing this goofy character one day and it turned into something. And, you know, and with the work that you're doing and singing with kids and, you know, it's just, it's all in the doing. And so why don't you talk a little bit more about that link between happiness and creativity? How do we, how do we do that? How do we do that? We actually, so this is Anne Louise talking. We just actually do it. We just find something that you feel passionate about or silly about or you always wanted to try and you just put a little part of that in your life because uh, Aunt, Le- Aunt Lena calls it pearls of joy. All right, don't. I got to talk. I'm going to override Aunt Louise. So pearls of joy <laughs> every day. Here's the thing. Pearls because I love jewelry. Anybody want to send me pearls? That I'd be very much appreciative of that. But so. <laughs> pearls so you collect them all day long like so I'm talking like okay so this show like talking to you it's like a little pearl of joy because it's so happy making and I'm getting to hear all these stories about the man I'm going to meet who could be my next husband so sorry Becky and um, (laughs) you know uh, so it's little pearls and you can string them together all day long and it makes you and it changes your brain your neural networks and it raises your endorphin levels and it makes you feel good that's the thing. So it helps you be 
when you're doing something creative, you know, they talk, talk it like in the flow. Well, I'm always in the flow, dolls. I mean, that's just the way it is. <laughs> but, um, you know, here's, so here's being in the flow. I'll give you an example of how you can do these silly things. So when you give yourself a little brain space, like maybe when you're driving or maybe when you're taking a shower if you're really busy or maybe you're going through treatments and you're feeling pretty awful and maybe there's one little five-minute space you can let your brain float away and think about something that makes you happy. Change your thought. Makes you happy because your brain can only think one thought at a time. Even if you're feeling like, you know, you're going to, yeah, even if you're feeling sick, you can change the thought very slowly. Just one. Just one. But you get in the flow and you start thinking of things. So Anne Louise thinks to herself, she goes to all these open mics, you know, and she sings for the people. And sometimes she lets me sing too. And... Okay, she thinks to herself, here's all these people. Somebody said it went open mic. Well, I'm not going to stand up and do anything because I can't play anything. And she thinks to herself, well, everybody can play a kazoo. So, So, interestingly enough, this is just a little aside. Some people don't know how to play a kazoo. I, I don't. <laughs> no, that, okay, you got to hum, not blow. You got to hum. Anyway, next week, Anne Louise goes to the party store. She buys 24 kazoos. She brings them to this open mic. She passes them out. And she and I sing, I think we sang Bye Bye Love with the audience playing the kazoos. And I just have to tell you, it was the silliest, the funnest <laughs> Thing. People could not stop talking about it, about how they got to, we, I called it, we called it like our new kazoo band. We made a name up for it. And people at, could not stop. And when we passed them out, okay, just like in seventh grade, we passed them out. Everybody's blow, everybody's humming. Blah, everybody's making noises. Everybody, it was hilarious. Everybody's doing just what kids do because for that instant, they became a kid. And they were so happy that people brought their kazoos back the next time and they wanted to do another kazoo thing again. Last night we did another kazoo. I brought 24 more kazoos and we did another kazoo thing. For, and the people brought theirs back and the new people got new ones. And we sang, um, don't worry, be happy. And just that. And people were so joyful and they opened up after that. They were just so relaxed because everybody can do Something like that. Isn't that so silly? A kazoo after we taught them how to play it um, made everybody happy. So it's those little tiny things. Now, if you were thinking about creativity and joy, you might go home and say to yourself, wow, I was really creative there. I played the kazoo and look how good I feel. So see what I mean? It's so (laughs) it's so easy. But we forget because we're in this environment where we. I'm not, we, we're sometimes people judge you for being silly. And that's what I'm about, dogs. That's why I'm here. I'm here to give you permission to be as silly and creative as you want. And that's why people adore me, I just have to say. <laughs> you know, I, I want to just ditto that for on something that kind of came up recently in my life. It started, I think it actually happened last November. And I've kind of hung on to it and been talking about it quite a lot since then. And it's this concept of standing in the light, you know, staying in the light. And that is doing mm-hmm. something you love regardless of the circumstances in your life mm-hmm. going on right now. Right. And, you know, when you do something that you love, something that makes you laugh, something that makes you feel crazy or silly or young or childlike or whatever, those are the things, if you can do those while you're, maybe you are suffering from something and struggling with something, but you get up and do that, 
and it's like you said, all the endorphins and everything changes, yeah. and your your whole body changes, yes. and it you re, it reacts positively to that. So, um, a friend of mine, her name is Dr. Shawnee Fox. She's a naturopathic physician. She's the one that shared that with me, and and it just meant so much to me when she when she said that because it came at a time when I really needed to hear that. You know, I was doing some singing with a swing orchestra, which that was kind of a fluky thing the way that came about. But now I get to sing with them kind of on a semi-regular basis, mm-hmm. which is very, very fun. But I was doing that when I was kind of going through this this last battle of cancer. And I was kind of struggling because I didn't know what was going to happen with my treatment. And just things felt like they were on hold. And she says, Becky, it's not on hold as long as you're staying in the light. Yes. And that's when she explained it to me. She goes, as long as you're doing what you love, no matter what's going on with medically, mm-hmm. your body is going to respond positively. Mm-hmm. And it just, it meant so much and it seems so, so true, you know. And so I want to thank Dr. Shawnee for that little bit of wisdom. And, uh, and it really goes along with what you're, with what you're talking about. So um, before we run out of time, because I really mm-hmm. don't want to, let's talk about some fun things. Now you talk about these open mic nights. Now you're, mm-hmm. you're here in Oregon, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we know ours, this is a global show, so not everyone can come to open mic nights in, in but Oregon. But they're invited. <laughs> but you are invited, so please just hop on. We have a huge audience in Ireland. We'd a great surprise. We'll pick you up at the airport if you yeah. come from Ireland. Promise. <laughs> yes. Well, just let us know, and we'll come get you and take you to open mic night here in Portland. Um, and we'll even pay for your for your you know food or whatever so usually open mic's got a low cover charge so yeah. you're will you'll be our guest <laughs> yeah so um but we we would love to have you know people come do that but there's probably open mic nights in places all over the the world I, I would imagine yes. there really are yeah. um so there where are. do you go let's let just because well, i want I to go, come hear you all right so first of all just dub, you dublin people i'll come and do an open mic for you over there De- Becky, you, you can come too. But anyway, so I go to, uh, there's uh, there's uh, open mics all over the area. I go to one at Willamette Cider and Ale House in uh, Willamette, part of West Lynn, which is Peter Duff, my partner in crime for Italian things, which we'll talk about later. He runs that one. That's where I did kazoos last night. I go to one in Lake Oswego at the, mm, it used to be called Mars, but now it's called something else. I can't remember the Irish pub. I go down to Portland to the Eastburn open mic, I go to the cruise annex, and some of these, you know, these ones in Portland, you know, here I am, my little, what do I want to say, my little, um, I would be called a senior citizen uh, in, in my little senior, ci- in, in my little old lady, I'm, I, well, okay, the people there are, are tattooed, and, 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 and they have piercings, and all that, and, and they're singing very, uh, often very heavy stuff, and a lot of singer-songwriter stuff. I'm a singer-songwriter. And I get up and I do this silly stuff. And guess what? They love it, too. Mm-hmm. Because everybody loves it. So I go to those. I go to Artichoke Music a lot. That has open mic on um, Thursday nights. Some of them are singer-songwriter, where you can only do singer-songwriter stuff you wrote. Or some of them are whatever you want. And I, I'm always exploring when I'm at places. I'm always looking for open mics because... Well, it's interesting to go and see what they're like and share your music. So you guys could come to any of those. And Bill, I'm sure Cowboy Bill would be welcome. I know he would at any of those open mics. So you can get in touch. <laughs> we can talk about that. But but that brings so much joy also. just And, and just I, I'll say this really quickly. When I just was in Rhode Island with my extended family bringing our 
our twi- my daughter's twins to see their great grandma and all the babies were there. And when I came home, it was really hard. My mom's 92. I came home on Saturday and I was really down in the dumps about leaving her and not knowing mm-hmm. when I'm see her again because she's not doing that well. And I really was struggling. And this is for all of us. Okay. So just like Becky said, it doesn't, being creative, finding those little things to do and feeling joy is not does not mean your life is not going to have difficulties. Does not mean you're not going to feel down the dumps. So I was so down the dumps, I wanted to smack Bob, which he knew, which is not really nice. But <laughs> he was trying to cheer me up. Anyway, anyway, it took me two days, but finally I remembered, I remembered about joy and creativity, and I started talking to Peter, my creative song guy, and and in in an instant, honestly, in an instant, it was like, oh, oh, I can find this. I have this in me. I don't have to. I can find it no matter what's happening. So back I was again to music and singing and writing songs and open mics and kazoos and bingo. As you said, your endorphins rise. You feel good, despite the fact that I don't know if I'm going to see my mother again. You know what I mean? You know what? We are just about out of time. So um, I do want to let you know, I think one of the things we ought to do here, and if you're in the Portland area, I think we should pull together some kind of a survivor night. And it doesn't matter what you're surviving, if it's anything, (laughs) which life, whatever. Um, And we'll put together some kind of a thing. We'll post it on our Facebook page. And maybe we can get a bunch of people to come out for some special night. And I looked at Aunt Lena's Facebook Mm -hmm. page. And that's a fun place to go and maybe visit, too. Yeah. So... With, with that, I want to have, give you like a minute here, that's it, to talk about your retreat coming up in Italy, um, because I know you've got a couple spots left, and I wish I had the money, because I'd do it right with you, but talk about that for a minute. All right, dolls, it's going to be me talking about it, Anlina, so we'll take Peter Duff, my part, Louise's partner in crime, he's a very cute Irish guy, just by the way, we're taking, a, we're taking people to Italy, small group, to do a fabulous creative songwriting, writing, whatever, knitting, whatever you want to do, retreat at a beautiful villa in Tuscany, we got two villas actually, Bob is coming too, because Anne Louise's husband, because he's the tutta fatti, he's the handyman, and he, <laughs> he does everything, and he might talk about um, writing, he's got a book of poetry, so he's a writer, anyway, it's going to be wonderful, chef, all our food prepared, wine, and time and space to just let your mind flow. So come, and um, if you want to know where, go to www.musicalventuresinternational.com or go to Anne Louise's website and you can find out about it. Awesome. Well, I've been so blessed to have you on the show again. And Bill, thank you for being on the show as my co-host. Um, you guys made this so much fun again. And uh, I think we should have you on the show at least once a quarter. Yes. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so we, are, we are out of time, but I want to let our listeners know if you're kind of new to us and you haven't really figured out how to find us, all you have to do is go to your favorite um podcast platform my my iphone has podcast app on it if you just go to your favorite um, app type in breast friends podcast our show comes up on pretty much all of them thanks to the work of our wonderful partners here so um we want to thank you for for being a guest and being part of our of our world here Anne Louise and Aunt Lena. Um, also, mm-hmm. to our to our guests or to our listeners, please consider making a donation online. Go to breastfriends.org. We are publicly funded, and we really need your support so we can keep this program going. And we will be back next week. Until then, remember, there is always hope, and we're here to help you find it. Thank you for listening to Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio. 
please join Sharon Hennepin and Becky Olson again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. There is always hope and we'll help you find it. We'll talk again next time. 